Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you as always. Well, it's really hard to get a feel for this market. We're up yesterday. We're down today. Who can really even tell why? Uh, just volatility is the new normal, at least for now, until we sort of find our footing and who knows how uh, when that could happen. So amidst all this, we have earnings reports. We have guidance cuts. We have warnings from companies. We have uh, companies pulling out of conferences. Uh, a lot to talk about. Just volatile markets make for uh, a lot to uh, discuss on the show. So that's what we'll do. Uh, our guest is Mark Chicken. He will join us at 8.15. Joel, what's the word here overnight? Uh, we got to read Spencer. Uh, down 61.25 handles at 30.53 and a half. Pre-market high. That was made real quick right off the open at 13.75. We just missed the close. Uh, pre-market low 30.46. Uh, we do have some support under here. Uh, we do have a pair of lows from Tuesday and Wednesday at under 3,000 at uh, 29.73 and 29.76.50. Uh, gold and silver are both trading up. Gold is up 9.10 at 16.52.10. Silver up 8.4 cents at 17.33. Crude as well. Crude's in the green by 15 cents. Uh, trading in the middle of the range in Bitcoin. Up $415 at 9117 Well, Triple D, I was calling for an inside day yesterday, and uh, it wasn't quite the, it wasn't quite the inside day that um, I imagined. No, this was not the inside day we were looking for. <laughs> no. <laughs> Star Wars, you know, anybody gets that. <laughs> yeah. It was an inside day, though. It was, it was. You could have an inside day on the inside day. It's possible here. We got three, uh, the low yesterday was 303. I'm looking at the SPY. Yes. Uh, the overnight stuff. So the low yesterday, 303.33 on the SPY. You're still two points away from there. Do we have the inside day on the inside day? I think that would be a blessing if we had that. And, I, and I'll and i even give you more room because you'll go with the SPY. You know, you'll go with yeah, that, go with that the SPY low, but the SPU low. The true low of the day. The true yeah, low. The, the overnight. The 24-hour, really, actually the 23-hour low because it closed for an hour. But 23 anyways. hours at 15-minute low uh, <laughs> is, <laughs> is way down there. So uh, I'll go with the, I'll go with the spoos and, uh, and see what happens. And um, right now, uh, you know, we got news. It's a news-driven market, and we've talked yeah. about before. We can talk about technical analysis, huh? but um, – Dennis, you made a comment about if you're looking at five and 10 and 15 year charts and monthly charts here and you're seeing some major bottoms and stuff, you're you're still not cherry picking on those. No, 
I'm not. Um, I'm still, I sold more stocks yesterday out of my long-term portfolio. I'm actually very spooked. And maybe I'm going to be really wrong and we're going to be back up all-time highs. I know JC Peretz was tweeting yesterday, thinks we're going back to all-time highs. I'm on the other side of this trade. I don't think that's the case. Um, I just see so many reasons not to own stocks. And this has been the case before, but um, now they're saying overnight, you know, if you're looking and you're coming in, why are we down significantly? You could say, okay, well, there's obviously cases going up. California has issues with their uh, now state of emergency. We have another ship um, just off the coast of San Francisco that's obviously got issues as well here. A uh, person dead um, from the previous uh, show or trip or previous cruise. So um, lots of things. And then the other thing that I see in my, in my timeline, in my Twitter timeline, a lot of people are talking about this morning, and maybe this is the reason that they're spooked, is they're talking about a second strain. So they're talking about out of China that they're saying that this thing is mutated and there is now two strains. So we were talking before about people getting reinfected with it. It sounds like that may be not the case. There just may be two strains of this floating around. So that's not good news either. So there's lots of things to be worried about. With that being said, um, we're still significantly off the lows. We still have a lot of stocks that you know are looking fairly healthy. Um, the V bottom, if you're talking about, it, is still kind of in still place packed. here. So, technically, the technicals don't look terrible. I mean, nothing looks great, but it doesn't look terrible. But I just think there's a lot of things to worry about here. And we had a, now another kiss up to that 50% retracement yesterday. I took that opportunity to lighten up. I sold a lot of preferred stocks out of my portfolio. You say, why would you sell preferred stocks? Well, during the financial crisis, preferreds really got hit hard. These things are like 1% off the all-time highs. I'm like, you know what? Nothing materializes. I'll be able to rebuy most of these preferreds. Like look at PFF, for instance. It has a pile of these preferreds in it. Look at where it is relative to the recent high. We're at 37.24. Recent high was 38.24. So you're talking it's like 2 3% off the all-time highs. There are many preferred stocks that are right near the all-time highs. Yeah, I see that. So I'm just looking at it and saying, you know what? These are usually low-risk investments, but in the financial crisis, a lot of preferred stocks fell 50%, 60%. We're not in the financial crisis here, but I don't think we're in a situation where it's completely absurd to think that we could fall 20 or 30 or 40% if this thing gets really ugly. And if it does, the markets do start to implode like that. I think you know, my risk of selling 2 3% off the all-time highs of my preferred stocks uh, will look pretty good because those preferred stocks will be down significantly. They won't fall 20, 30%, but they will fall significantly as well. So all I am is lightening up risk here again. Maybe, like I said, I'm going to be wrong. I have so much cash in my portfolio now. I kind of throw up when I look at it. But at the same time, I'm very nervous about these markets. So it looks like it was a good move because I did this yesterday in the last hour of trading when we were just up substantially and we were close to that 50%. I also sold a big chunk of my Virtue Financial. Huge move in it yesterday. Um, again, it was, you know, they're trading Look at well 22. Right now. 22 skidoo. That's what I was looking at too on the chart here too. I still have some. I had a huge chunk. It was one of the biggest positions in my long-term portfolio. Um, obviously it was ugly. I'm still worried, you know, the Democrats, Bernie. If Bernie was ever to get elected, Virtue would just implode. So this was a little bit of the Bernie what rally yesterday we talked about on the show on VIRT. I didn't rally, yeah. But also they also had commentary from the day before and I think they gave a little bit of guidance. Um, they were looking at, you know, their revenues and the revenues were up. And that's not surprising because we know this trading environment is going to be very good for a company like Virtue Financial. So still haul a piece, still haul a good chunk, but I lightened up. 
Um, and I lighten up a lot of stocks, like I said, a lot of preferred stocks. So the, the core stuff, the Apple, the MasterCards, the ones that I've had in there for, uh, you know, a MasterCard for a decade, I'm holding on to that stuff. And I still have some exposure to the long side, but it's limited here now. And I just don't, there's too many unknowns for me. If you know I, I'm wrong, you know, maybe I'm going to struggle to get back in, but it seems like they always give you a second chance. So I think I'll eventually be able to still get back in, even if I'm wrong. Um, another astute uh, follower of the market, a frequent visitor on this show, uh, Sean Udall. I was talking to him yesterday, and he, I, he sees a 75% probability the market goes back to new all-time highs. Um, so you got Sean well, How does he come up with that percentage? Uh, what's the, what's the, I want to talk to him about where uh, he comes up with this number. Uh, just based on a lot of his. I don't know. At when seven, you throw out 75, you're, 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 there's no way to calculate. You know, okay. any percentage. All right, maybe I overstated that. But he, he's fairly confident that we're going back to all time high. So I'm just giving, there's different perspectives. There is, this is why we have a market. And this is why we're yo-yoing. Joel, it's such a great point. This is why we go up a thousand, down a thousand, up a thousand, down a thousand, because people are all over the place on this. There's bulls and bears and it is a heated debate here. And like I said, JC Perezzo was in the, in Twitter. I saw him yesterday saying, we're going back to all time highs. Basically he was saying that. Um, it, it might be the V bottom. You know, we're, 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 we're 50% back already. So you know what, it's not I, absurd I, to think it's possible. You know but what? You know what? I, I, my, my money's the other way. I'm not, my trading, I'm going to be trading no matter yes. what. But I want more cash because I don't know that we are not into something really serious here. What happens? You, you saw in Italy. Did you see that soccer game played? Spencer, you must have saw the picture. Oh, there's no soccer game with no, no fans in the stadium. Yeah. So I, I saw that's that. coming, man. That's, that's, that's going to be here. I think that's going to be here. And Mark's going to come on in five minutes. He wanted to talk about this too. So I know. I'm kind of like, whew, Mark's coming on. But you know what I want to say one thing? I don't know like, if we're going to get cut in half 50%. And, you know, but going back to all-time highs, I, I just, I mean, I love to see it. I just think that the just pure market dynamics – will not allow for that. We're, we're in a very uncertain political uh, election year. And, you know, if there's anything, if you guys have been listening to us so over the years here, overhead supply, I mean, holy mackerel, how many people are looking for a rally here like we had yesterday to lighten up? So, I mean, I am. I, I used it again. I, I was already light. I lighten up more. I hope we see an all-time high again, let alone, you know, this year. I mean, you know, what do you look at the perspective? Like, pull up a monthly chart here, Spencer. I mean, look at the monthly chart. This monthly chart, it, you know, just do, um, you know, do the spy. I mean, look at that move from 09. And, like, you've had – If you think stocks are cheap here, I think that's what you're getting at. If you think yeah. stocks are cheap here, even take the – get rid of the coronavirus thing. Stocks are not cheap. Stocks are not cheap here. We're what, 17, 18 times earnings, you know? And, and we're, so we're, we're not really, really super expensive, but we're not cheap. You think, wow, what a deal. I got to come in here and buy Apple at $300 yesterday. Woo! What a deal. It was 100 bucks two years ago. And they got, you know, they've already warned. You know, they, we got China trying to come back online here. We don't know what's happening with China, though. You can't believe anything coming out of there either. I'm going to say you cannot believe anything you're seeing out of there. Their markets are up here again this morning. I believe their markets are very manipulated, meaning that they are just buying their markets just to hold them up. But anyways, you can't believe anything. You know, China's is basically saying, oh, they've got this thing whipped. 
who knows? You know, we don't we don't know that. But I'll tell you, the rest of the world doesn't. When Italy's playing soccer games without fans in the stadium, it's a concern. It's a concern. I'm going to the Michigan basketball game tonight. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think okay. I, I'm actually regret going on that trip to Jamaica. I'm, you know, because I see this. Go- so what happened with the cruise ship here? Two minutes on the cruise. So right. the cruise ship off the coast. Can you give us the details you have in front of you, Spencer? The, the cruise yeah. ship off of San Francisco. Yeah, this is Princess Cruises. Uh, unfortunately, the same the same cruise line that w- that had issues over in uh, Japan. Carnival owned. Yep, Carnival owned. This is the Grand Princess ship, uh, and they're they're essentially just hanging out off the coast of San Fran right now. Uh, as officials try to figure out how to how to test the the entire ship, uh, as of yesterday, I think uh, ten was it ten or eleven people were showing symptoms on on board because somebody who was previously on the ship uh, has died uh, from coronavirus. Oh. So so they 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 have to figure out how to test the entire ship now. So the previous cruise from when the, and the dates were that like two weeks ago. Somebody shows up, somebody finds out, and they test for coronavirus. They died, and they test them, and they had coronavirus, and they were on that cruise from two weeks ago. So now they're worried about, and there's actually they're saying there's people sick on this cruise now too. Yes. So this whole ship, this is all. This could be princess showing symptoms. Yes, there are. Yeah. So this could be just part two here. You know, we're gonna have the same deal happen again. If you're going on a cruise right now, honestly, I think you're nuts. My opinion, I think you're nuts. Uh, I, I honestly, I think I was nuts to go on that Jamaican all-inclusive cruise. You way were. worse. You were. You're breathing all the same air. I mean, you're right there. You don't even, you know, you're right. And then if one person gets on the ship, you saw what happened, the Diamond Princess. And I got a second one. I mean, you think about this and people are saying, how can you go wrong with Carnival Cruise Lines? CCL at $30 here this morning. It's got a 6.5% dividend. It's down, you know, 20 points. You know it's coming back. We heard Ivan Feinseth saying it yesterday on this show. I think he's wrong. I, I, this is my opinion. I even love you. I, I'm taking the other side of that trade, though. You want to know why I think you could be wrong here? Is because, one, even if they get this thing solved, just like we were saying, think about the lawsuits that are going to be coming at Carnival now. Now you have two ships. The way they handle that, there's a lot of people that died on the first one. You know, what do we have, like 11 or 12 deaths? Is it, or is it more than that? I mean, there's going to be a class action suit coming at Carnival for this. There's nobody thinking about booking a cruise right now. The odd person. But I will say, easily say, 50% of people who would think about going on a cruise are probably thinking twice. And I think the number is a lot higher than that. So is, I don't want to own any cruise ship stocks, is, even is, though they're dirt cheap from a fundamental basis. And if we get through this, there will be a buy eventually. But there's going to be some lawsuits coming at them too. And they could have a pretty good case. I mean, the way they handled the Diamond Princess was not, you know, and let's bring Mark into this conversation too. Maybe we can Yeah, we need Mark. I, I want to see where maybe Mark can talk me off the cliff. I'm not, not saying it's the end of the world here. I'm just saying I don't want to own a cruise ship stock. Mark, do you have thoughts on that? I uh, don't want to own any stocks, which doesn't I mean it. I'm. <laughs> You're supposed to talk oh, about the There we go. There's our word of wisdom on Wall Street. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to own any stocks. No, I'm scared, Mark. Why? Why? Well, let me clarify that. I'm not suggesting that people sell everything, but even in investment accounts, I think you got to keep your cash in your wallet. You've got to sit on the sidelines and let this thing play out. And there is, to quote Donald Rumsfeld, there are so many known unknowns that. This is fraught with uh, potential danger that we've never encountered in our lifetime in the stock market. Whoa, those are big statements. And statements that I've kind of been making for the last month, but maybe not to that bold. What, first, let's take it. To, we were just talking Carnival Cruise Lines here, and they have a second ship now. 
a second chip. And I just gave the case that I think there's some major class action suits. Even when this thing gets settled, I think there's some major class action suits that are going to come after Carnival for the way they handled the first cruise. And now we got a second one, you know, and we got people who are infected because somebody died from the previous cruise on the ship. This, this sounds like a mess. I mean, you look at it from a fundamental basis and you say, oh, you know, it's trading very cheap right now, 6.47% dividend. But when you start considering all of these other factors, it's kind of scary. Yeah, I agree. You can't use normal metrics in what is a panic reaction to a potential pandemic where we just don't know the scope of it. Move away from cruise lines. You should own cruise lines. It's, it's obvious. You've got conferences being canceled. You've got Amazon telling all their employees to work at home because someone was infected in the Seattle office. Think about where this leads. The country could seize up. Italy, no public attendance at sporting events. I don't want to be an alarmist, but this is just the reality. I'm sorry? I said you're being a realist, but you. Well, you just look at what's happening. Like, yeah, yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible that the markets have held up this well, in my opinion. They've held up really, really well. I mean, we, we, we got back to the 50% retracement yesterday of the, of the whole move. I mean, right. it's given you a lot of opportunities to lighten up. If anybody gets the beats on, and like, you know, and this goes forward and the markets really start going, they cannot say we didn't see this coming. So yeah, and and maybe it's, it's going to go right back up to the all-time highs because maybe there's people like me who are kind of bearish here or full-on bearish. But I don't like seeing a, a game, a major soccer game played without fans. I, I think that's coming here, don't you, Mark? I do. And, you know, uh, things like the Olympics are at risk here. It's just a situation where risk management is more important than fishing for profits. And uh, well stated. there are some, you know, the biotech group is doing really well. Biogen and Regeneron are just strong as can be. Obviously, people are praying for um, a, uh, an antidote or some sort of uh, vaccine. Uh, the best, uh, I got an email that was forwarded from someone who first saw the coronavirus in 1972 at uh, UC San Diego. And he sent out an email to his friends. He said, I don't believe there'll be um, a, uh, a vaccine before the end of the year. So I, people, I think the math says there can't be. I mean, unless they really try to hurry it, but you got to do testing. They don't even have yeah, it ready yet. For you, yeah, it you could know, do more testing. harm than good. So I, yeah. the question is, what do traders do in this market? Well, first of all, if you get a rally like you saw yesterday, up to a 50% retracement, you don't wait and say, okay, I'll sell on the opening tomorrow. Maybe they'll go a little higher. You just take advantage of it because the yep. overnight risk in the market, both on the upside and the downside, is too great. Uh, and you sell down to the sleeping point, uh, and, uh, which, you know, has obvious implications uh, because it means that everybody has a different pain point. But I don't think this is the time, unless you're a very nimble day trader with the, the heart and soul of an, a machine, I don't think this is the time to be putting capital at risk in the market except on the short side. I mean, there's times to make money and there's times to protect capital, like you were saying. And as a, and, and people are saying, I sold a lot of my preferred stocks yesterday. And somebody's asked me in the chat, why would you do that? Well, here you're getting, you look at something like the PFF. It's come all the way, you know, significantly back, you know, and it's, it doesn't move a lot. But it's, you're, you're, you're jumping in there for 5%. Do I want to go in here and risk money, you know, risk real capital for 5%? Because people say, well, preferreds never go down. These are people who didn't trade during the financial crisis because preferreds collapsed during the financial crisis. And I don't think 
we're in the financial crisis. But I'm not sure that it's not, an, this couldn't be a real epic event. So here you have a chance on something like PFF to sell two, 3% from the recent highs. I mean, I just like, I, I sold almost all my preferred stocks yesterday. I have a ton of them. And I'm like, you know what? This thing passes. I'll get back into some of that stuff. And it's not going to be significantly higher. These things aren't blast. PFF isn't blasting off to 45, 50 bucks. I mean, it's, it's, it's not happening. So I think I'll, I'll get a chance to get these back. But during the financial crisis, I did the same thing. I lightened up the preferreds way early. I actually went short a lot of preferreds way early. And, and those things really collapsed because we had a different market then. And I, like I said, I don't think we're in the financial crisis. But if this thing gets ugly, don't think they won't hit some of the preferred stocks too. What's the temperature of your viewers? What what are they thinking? Are they looking for buying opportunities? Are Both mixed. Very mi we're very mixed. Everybody, where like I see this is you know people who like J C Peretz was tweeting yesterday thinks we're going back to all time highs. I said, I'm on the opposite side. I don't think that's happening. But I mean, you have people. You know, this is a real battle zone here. There is people who really believe a V bottom, and we and we got to come back. And then you have people that are on the other side of the trade. Mark, can you hear us? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you now. Yeah. I, you know, I think this is a time when risk management is more important than profits. That's uh, that if you take that approach, you just let this play out. But you've got March and April where everybody agrees the uh, virus will keep expanding. And you're going to see one-off things like you saw in New York City yesterday. A lawyer in a small law firm, eight people near Grand Central Station, was diagnosed with the virus. He's been taking Metro North up and back to one of the Westchester suburbs, which is where a lot of very wealthy people live. Uh, his son goes to Yeshiva University. Son got infected. Wife put him in the car to drive him to the emergency room. Wife got infected. This guy's been in Grand Central Station, which is sort of the, the central focus for all northern commuters in New York. Again, I, I don't want to sound like an alarmist because these things are going to play out the way they're going to play out. But the, you know, for, let's put it a different perspective. From October on, I started saying in my weekly market letter, let's look at what could go right in this market, because I think we're going to have a melt up. I think now you've got to think the opposite way. What could go wrong here? And what could go wrong is that the country seizes up, that events get canceled, conferences get canceled, people hunker down, I was talking to a friend of mine who's on the board of a company that makes, uh, ironically, uh, surgical wipes, you know, the uh, antiseptic wipes. They've been in business forever, private company. They got three calls yesterday saying, are you guys thinking about going public? Uh, Costco stocks, their wipes, they're out of them. They can't produce them fast enough. So you're in a situation where the known unknowns could swamp all the technical levels and all the, you know, bullish sentiment that's been built up uh, because of a strong economy and so forth. And I'm not predicting a recession, and I'm not saying the market won't look beyond the next two quarters, but here's a very sobering thought. Even in the warm weather, if the virus goes away, a lot of epidemiologists are saying it could come back in September and October. So we could have a period between April or May and August where things look better, and maybe that's when the market goes to new highs. But uh, come the fall, uh, very smart scientists are saying this could come back again. I mean, I no, watched. Let me, uh, let me hop in here first. Go ahead, Joel. Because, you know, like, you know, we're getting pe people in the chat. You ask about 
you know, our sentiment. Some people are really upset with us for, for talking about this and then some other people on the other side. And I, I think that the best way to look at it is that this is just like a, a new reality. This is something that, you know, is not going to be gone in a week or two weeks or six months or a year. This is, you know, people want to make the flu comparisons. You can make the flu comparison. This is something that we're going to be dealing with for a long time. And, you know, are there going to be vaccines? I mean, are there going to be uh, cures or whatever? This is just right now. These, these things happen over the course of time and we don't know the source. So you can freak out about it. You can think it's not you know, it's not a reality, but I, I just think it is. It's, right now, it's the reality, and it's going to be for quite some time. What the effects are going to be in the market, you know, right now, we're seeing what the effects on the market. But, you know, if you think that, you know, I mean, just like snap your fingers, this is go away or going back to all-time highs, I think that's a very unrealistic expectation. Well, Joel, let me ask you this, uh, and I don't want to make it personal, but it's the only way I can uh, express this. If you guys had a conference in San Francisco next week or in Seattle, would you get on a plane without trepidation to, uh, you know, do your job and speak at the conference? In no. San Francisco? Well, no. yeah. And, and, uh, would you get on a plane for three hours? No, I, I just got off a plane. I didn't want to. I, I saw my story. I went to Jamaica last week. Worst week to take off ever. We had this trip booked a long time. I almost canceled because I didn't want to go on the plane. Anyways, it was a small jet. We were flying from a very small airport. There was only 70 people on the plane. Um, but at the same time, I thought about it the whole time on the plane. I did not want to be on the plane. I have a trip to Arizona. And this was before all this stuff happened. Now that we've seen the markets and what's going on, no, I'm done flying for a while. Well, uh, Joe, a rumor has it that Ganja... Uh, Dennis, rumor has it that ganja is uh, a very strong, uh, you know, antidote to uh, coronavirus. So you maybe uh, just I have a trip planned in a month to Arizona, and uh, I'm planning on going on it right now. I have trip insurance, okay. and uh, I'm going to a Michigan basketball game tonight. And, um, you know, at this point um, – you're yeah. not changing your I, I, lifestyle for it. It's, yeah, it, it, yeah it, now you're, you're young and healthy, and that makes a difference. The guy in New York who got sick was at risk. He was um, someone with pre, uh, pre-existing conditions, pulmonary conditions, and those are the people who really have to worry about it. Older people, people with pulmonary uh, problems, right. and uh, right. not pulmonary, but uh, respiratory problems. So exactly. uh, young, healthy people, uh, much less at risk. Right. At least that's what the numbers are saying now. Like we hope, you know, that's the case. Oh, but then you, there is some people in their forties that have died from this too. So you're not completely out of the woods if you if you're young. But no. But the odds are, unless you're better, better odds of a certain age or have a uh, some sort of respiratory condition, like Mark said, you, even if you get it, the odds are you'll it, it you'll, you'll you'll recover. So that's an important context. That I feel like we have neglected to mentioned that on the show today uh and yeah, i wish i wish i could leave people with a positive note and the most positive thing i can say is if you're a long-term investor uh, sell down to the sleeping point uh sit on your cash until you see some sort of washout um, we might even test that 2350 christmas eve massacre low uh, which would put us in bear market territory but at a minimum 20 percent down 2750 we were pretty close to that the other day uh from the high You've just got to, as I said, practice risk management. If people don't want to hear it, then then they're in the casino, uh, even though they know the odds are stacked against them. And, Mark, uh, one hey, thing before, all... before we let you go, um, 
and you hear this so much, you know, with people. Um, I I can't sell now because I'll be taking a loss. But what they're look they're taking a loss from where things were when they made an all time high. Okay. But if you own something at 10 and it went to 50 and now it's at 30, if you sell at 30, you make 20. You don't lose 20 because you didn't sell at 50. How do you, you know, when you know, people approach you with that, that, kind of, uh, that kind of attitude and mantra, like what do you say to them? Well, I say that the market doesn't know what you paid for a stock and uh, doesn't care. And also, you, the, the other uh, thing you're hearing now from people who are in some of these biotech stocks like uh, Enphase that went up from five to 60, oh, I can't sell now because uh, I'll get killed with taxes on short-term gains. <laughs> that is pure nonsense. Just protect your capital. Taxes take care of themselves. So I, I would, uh, the answer to your question, uh, Joel, is just, Tell people to protect their capital okay. to the point that they're comfortable with what they sit on. That's what you got to be. You got to be comfortable. Like I would say, look at your investment portfolio and, you know, don't think that this could fall 10%. I can handle a 10% loss. Don't be, it's, it's not absurd to think that we could be down 20, 30%. That could happen. We're not saying it's going to happen, but it's on the table right now because we don't know where this thing is going. And people during the financial crisis thought the same thing, Mark. They didn't want to take their profits. We had been on a pretty good run in 2007. And they thought, well, I can stomach a 10% loss. The markets went down 70%. So this is not the financial crisis, at least not yet. But this is not a market that I think 20, 30% pullback isn't absurd. Well, and it's a market where uh, a 50 basis point Fed rate cut is just pushing on a string. I think that was the most pointless, pointless. Uh, move that I've ever seen. And I, there's not one person who disagrees with me or you on that. I just don't get it. Why uh, they do it? The market didn't get it. That's why the market sold off. It spooked the market. Yeah. Uh, it, but uh, it, I, I think that investors and traders have to realize that we've had you know, major sell-offs in the past, but they've been triggered by events, portfolio insurance in 1987, uh, sure. a, yeah. failed, a failed merger in 1997, United Airlines, uh, Brexit, Greek debt crisis, uh, Chinese trade wars. These were all, all things that could be fixed, uh, even the Kuwait war, uh, the Gulf rates. war in Kuwait, in Kuwait. You know, these are things that could be fixed or, or we're going to be over, or where you could measure the impact and know when uh, things were turning. We're just in a period with known unknowns. And Mark, are you using any covered call strategies here? Uh, Bull for Trading is asking, you know, what do you think about the covered call strategy? For me, you know, yeah, you're covered to a point. I no, mean, that's like. It's like yeah. having breakfast. I think it's the wrong, exact wrong strategy for this environment. Yeah, I, I have in my own account right now. I have a, a vertical put spread in the uh, SPY that expires in mid-April. So that's my way of protecting uh, assets on a drop all the way down to twenty-seven fifty. The, uh, the two seventy-five strike is is the one I sold at the uh, at the bottom of the spread. So I'm I'm long the three oh fives and short the two seventy the two seventy fives. Way so. to play it, Mark, because then those days that we rally and we sit still, you get the uh you get the decay on the uh on the one that you're short. Yeah. No, I've definitely been employing that strategy a little bit myself. Um, the other strategy, I know, Dennis, you said the SXX, wrong thing to do. 
but and it was wrong the entire time. But if you are using the money that you sell the calls with to buy underneath puts, you know, that would be I mean, and that strategy has just been a loser for the last decade. But, you know, if you're so inclined to sell the calls, you're bringing in the premium, you have the money in your account. Hey, you know, you're only protected to where you sell your call at. Rating, uh, rating calls works well when you think we're due for a correction and we could pull back 5 to 10%. This, this is the case that we're at right now. So right now it's still looking okay, that strategy. But it does not protect you in a financial crisis. It does not protect you in 2001 and that was extreme valuation so that was the reason for that but the financial crisis we weren't in extreme valuations we just had a collapse this is uh, this is something that could potentially shut the economy down short term i mean you think think about like that italy picture with those fans not the game i just imagine baseball season's coming are they going to delay baseball season they're going to play them without the fans i mean this thing is spreading you cannot deny that it is spreading right now and we're not testing anyone yet wait till we start testing Wait till it starts showing up that, hey, we got a couple thousand people over here that got this. This is community spread over here. It's going to be people that don't want to leave their homes. Well, that's I mean, it's going to slow the economy down. So don't even think about the lost lives. Just think about it from the economic perspectives. It, it's got to slow down, I would think. So there's so well, much it, risk here. Risk reward just doesn't, isn't there to buy stocks right I, now. In my I agree 100%. And again, Amazon has told all of its employees at its Seattle headquarters to not come into the office. So who does that affect? It affects the people at the, uh, who provide food, uh, Restaurants know, beverages to these people zero near two. the office. Yeah. I mean, so rather than a 50 basis point Fed cut, there, there should be some way to um, get income to the people who might be starting to lose it because the service providers are, uh, you know, in these big metropolitan areas and it's going to spread i just i wish i could say i had the magic uh bullet that the president says is going to stop this whole thing but uh, Mark, it's, Mark, it, there's no miracles up. you know we would uh you know some people are talking about you know like the chicken money flow indicators now what are your indicators saying well, the check and money flow went negative last week for the first time in four months, five months. It had, it had stayed in the green, even on the pullbacks that we had in January and, and uh, in December. I don't think technical indicators help you here. I think levels help you. So what I, I put on the second leg of my position yesterday when they rallied up to a 50% retracement. I think levels are the key here, not technical indicators. Technical indicators are so oversold that they cry out for a bounce, but, but that's in normal times. What about a young buck like Spencer over here who has like a really long-term, you know, um, investing horizon, you know, 50 years at least. How old are you, Spencer? 27, 28? I'm on like a 90 year horizon. 90, right 90 here? Yeah. 90. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that's different. I think that that's one thing that I try and stress too is like where are you at in your investment cycle? You know, um, you know how much exposure? You talked about your sleep level too, but I also, you know, think that, you know, you have to look at it, you know, where you're at. Are you, you know, 20, 25, 50, 60, 75, 80? I think that's one thing people, uh, what kind of advice do you give people along those lines? I would say keep 20% in cash because then you're less likely to panic on some low day. That's the biggest problem. Human nature says, oh, I can handle it. And then you're down 10% on a day and people say, 
that's it. I'm going to throw in the towel. On the other hand, if you're sitting on 20% in cash, even in Spencer's situation, someone with a very long-term view, you're thinking, where are the opportunities? Not, am I going to panic and sell out? So that's what I. That's why I say sell down to the sleeping level. For some people, it's 40% cash. Some it's 10. I think 20 at a minimum is the cash level people should be holding right now. Yeah, and and just for some full disclosure, you know, I I have I had a lot of cash. I put some of it to work on Monday uh, after last week, but I I still have a lot. I don't I don't I couldn't tell you what my cash, what'd you buy my cash allocated. I bought mutual funds. I didn't like, oh, just funds. <laughs> nothing that you would be interested in. Uh, but <laughs> uh, right, uh, I I couldn't tell you what my allocation is overall across like, all my accounts, but I, I do have a substantial amount of cash that I, I I haven't dealt with it yet, and I dealt with some of it on Monday, and I'm trying to figure out how to deal with more of it. Mark, what if, what if you sold down to the comfort sleeping level and you're still not sleeping? Uh, then you haven't sold enough <laughs> <laughs> or you need, you need Zanta, Zanuck or whatever it is. But take a, take a look at the biotech stocks. I mean, if you, if you absolutely think this market's going to rally, a bio, uh, Biogen and Regeneron have unbelievable charts. Regeneron made a new all-time high yesterday. So if you get a chance to buy these on weekends, they're working on a vaccine. Yeah, they're all in theory working on something and you know repurposing old vaccines and so forth. So maybe the biotech um, ETF uh, is a place to look if you want to be exposed to the upside. Uh, one thing too, folks. Uh, you know, Mark's given his thoughts today, but uh, you know, I've been thinking over when you were on two weeks ago, and uh, your your sentiment was exactly the same. And uh, thank you. Talk some of those indicators. So I just don't want people to think that uh, you know you're hopping on the bandwagon here after the uh, wagon has left the uh, uh, station. Or it whatever. hasn't left the station though. Like with the with the rally that we've had, it has. We we haven't left the station. You got lots. You've had lots of opportunity. You're probably going to get more opportunity here again. But I mean, eventually. It took a long time with the financial crisis too. And like, I keep comparing it to that. And I, like I said, I'm not, I'm just saying this is the biggest event I believe we've had since then. Correct. And it took, people were, you know, discounting it. Oh, we'll be okay. You know, it, went, it was forever. It was like three, so four, five months to, was, to really yeah, start guys, to, to happen. Another thing that we should be talking about if you haven't is the outsized effect that uh, ETFs can have in a decline, the SPY, QQQ, IWM, um, the market makers have to match up a sell order with a buy order. If there's no um, buy match, then they have to sell the 500 stocks in the index, you know, across the board. And that has happened in these, this eight day window from the top on the downside. So um, in previous crises, you didn't have all this money in passive index funds. And that's, forget the computerized algo traders, we know what they're doing. But the mechanics of the ETF market speak to potential waterfall selling if there's no uh, matching buy order when someone comes in to sell SPY. I mean, as much as it has pumped those main 10 stocks up for the last five year, years, or even you could argue the last decade, it could all come unwind very quickly as well. So, and, and if we ever got into a serious situation, I mean, I think that's what the fear was. You know, we saw Apple fall $60 and 
in one week and people are like, how is that possible? And they bought it right back thinking it's a great deal. But I mean, maybe it is, but maybe it was. It looked to be a great deal when they were buying at 260 because it would come all the way back. But if those ETFs all have to unwind at the same time, that's where you could really get some capitulatory selling. Yeah, I, I agree. And they're selling all 500 names. They're not just yeah. selling Apple and Microsoft, uh, Facebook, Amazon, and Google. So uh, it, it's downbeat. And you're right. Uh, two weeks ago, I was cautious. And in fact, you guys tweeted out that afternoon, Mark Chaikin is cautious for the first time in months. So I, I, I take no pleasure in having no, spotted this. Not because at all. Not at it is all. a health. This is a, a health crisis, not a financial crisis, uh, but it can lead to behavior that is not conducive to a growing economy. Mark, what if I give you a hypothetical scenario here? You know, let's say we get a vaccine tomorrow and a cure tomorrow. I mean, there's still, there's still kind of impact. I mean, for me, I, you know, a couple of weeks I was going, you know, okay, Q2 is probably not looking too good. Now I'm kind of thinking Q3 is not looking real good. And then I don't know about Q4, you know, just a few, you know, what if, you know, what if we did have an immediate solution to the crisis, to the problem? Isn't there still like a lag effect? I mean, from everything that's, that's going on for us, even to catch up for these companies from what they've lost in productivity up to this point? Is no, it- I think, I think um, the markets would view this as a one-off event, almost like a write-off of, and uh, look beyond. So uh, I, I think if we're fortunate enough to see a vaccine um, or treatment like Tamiflu, uh, which we don't have yet, uh, the markets would look ahead, whether it's two quarters or three quarters, and assume that the world is going to revert back to where it was. So that's the bull case. What well, but that, oh, but that assumes that there's a vaccine. Yeah. There isn't one. What I mean, one other thing too. I mean, and uh, man, I don't know how the hell you're going to factor this into it, but uh, tax season. I mean, you know, people, if there's, you know, I mean, you had to do your tax loss selling by the end of the year here, but, uh, you know, that's just another factor that, you know, hey, like maybe some people, yeah, I'm going to take these capital gains, you know, I could, I could carry less, I could do that. So I think that's another thing over, you know, we're not in December. Well, I'm not as scared to take the gains out to pay tax for a year yet. Yeah, but now if you're looking, but aren't you looking, don't you look forward to like your next year's taxes? I mean, aren't you thinking about planning for that as well? So um, I don't know. I just just think that that's that's why why I like the Rumsfeld phrase, known unknowns. There are just too many known unknowns. That's a good place for us to end this. I think Mark, Mark, man, we've kept you forever. Yeah. Oh, I love it. This is the best dialogue we've had. And hopefully it's been helpful for people who are listening and watching because uh, this is is not going away quietly. I hope so. Mark Shaken is the founder of Shaken Analytics. Mark, thanks for the time. We'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Pleasure, guys. Thanks, Mark. Keep your cash uh, in your wallet. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Thank you, Mark. Uh, S&P futures just made a low at 30.37. We've bounced up to 42.50. I'll give you an intermediate level that Dennis will like because it's the spider low from yesterday and the S&P intraday low was 30.75. So we haven't, uh, we haven't hit that level yet. And that's uh, a potential level of support kind of trap door down to those uh, pair lows at uh, 28.76.50 and 28.73 even, and uh, keeping my fingers crossed for an inside day. Uh, 
let's do some stocks. Let's some stocks have earnings. Let's uh, let's do some earnings. Or with Zoom. Yeah, that, that's Zoom. the one where I want to I want to start off with. Zoom is interesting here. So I'll pull up the chart. Zoom reported yesterday after the closing bell. Uh, their EPS beat 15 cents for 7 cents. Their sales beat 188 million versus 176 million. They gave uh, guidance uh, that was strong uh, for earnings and for uh, sales. And it wasn't enough. And I want to read you uh, something, a comment from an analyst, Stevens, here. And he noted that the year over year sales growth was 78%, and the buy side expectation for that was an 80% year-over-year sales growth. So they really blew it away, and it still wasn't enough. One thing to say here, and we saw already some money come in You know, when this thing pulled back to 102, 103 after hours. It, it was 103, I believe, was the low. Is This is seen as this coronavirus play where people are going to be using Zoom more because they don't want to leave their homes. If the market really gets ugly, this is a stock that could actually hold up because of that or potentially even rally because of that. So I think this is still a stock that people are going to buy on pullbacks. Valuation makes zero sense. I'm not putting it in my long-term portfolio. But as a trade, I mean, maybe a lean on the lows like the 97.37, Feb 28th. If you get this 105, you got to give it some room. In this environment, you can't be risking a buck and hoping to get stopped out on everything. But I would say as long as we hold above the 97.02 Feb 24th low and then we retested it back last week of February 28th at 97.37, I think there's a good bottom there at 97. So I know you're 12 bucks off it right now, but you know it's volatile markets. I do believe this is a stock that people will be looking to buy the dip on though. So I'm not full bearish this thing. Uh, you had a spike low here uh, down to 103. And uh, I think Spinner's playing this one. I think he had some puts. I hope he held it into the report. Um, I noticed a little when I when I looked at this yesterday with him, I noticed a little bit of a trap door here. And it kind of looks like they already knocked through the trap door and they survived uh basis the daily charts that's all i'm looking at under 1 at 12 11 you went to 10 it had a low at 102.50 well i'm not the only one that can read a chart and people jumped out ahead of that level at 103 even and now you're bouncing back so when i see this type of 15 minute chart i see a spike low and i see people saying i missed the low i need to buy so I think, I don't know if the pre-market low is going to hold, but I think you, I, I'm in agreement with you on this one. As you fall back, you will find buyers in this one. You're down 760. I will just tell you that, uh, hmm, this is interesting, uh, old, re, old support, new resistance. Uh, on the bounce, after you hit 103, you stopped at 112. So if you're looking for more upside on this, Bust through what actually it's 111.99. So there's your resistance and your support in this one. Uh, where else we can, we can go to retail? Oh. We can go to. We'll go oh, Splunk you- last night. Splunk was a buy the dip opportunity too. People came in hard buying the dip on this thing last night. Give us the details and then just uh, go through. All right, SPLK, earnings after the close, like Dennis said. EPS was in wine at 96 cents. Sales was a slight beat, 791. For $783 million, the uh, Q1 sales guidance uh, was light. I mean, guidance really at this point is is hard to gauge uh, in with the you know virus happening everywhere. So I wouldn't put a, a ton of stock in anyone's guidance unless they're lowering it. But the sales, the earnings report was was good. 
I think with this one, I mean, you just got that kind of drop like that. You 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 held a short position. You get a bump up. Maybe you were playing some puts, and you know you had the one forty puts, and you could buy the stock at what one thirty three. How low did we get on this one? Uh, we got all the way down to one thirty two, and you got to bounce. But uh, I'm not going to really try and pick a high and a low here. I'm just going to say, man, we're just it's quiet here like around 150. It just seems like the bulls and bears are battling out. We're currently holding 150. Hold 150, maybe a little bit more upside in this one. After you did hit that wicked low, you bounced up to, uh, looks like, and 155.55. Uh, so there's uh, another five points on the bone here if you're looking for a rally. That is your after-hours high. Jump Let's over. Yeah. Let's just jump over to a few other stocks. We're going to get Costco yeah. tonight. I want to talk Costco. Uh, oh, it's yeah. been an absolutely ridiculous rally here. Um, I don't know what to say. It, you know, Everybody threw this thing away at 270 last week with the overall market, and then they decide it's a coronavirus play, and we're going to buy the hell out of it. It's nonsense to me, but again, this market doesn't make sense. So I, I, it's always had good numbers. It's, it's irrational to think that it's not going to have good numbers here again. I mean, they blow it away every single time. And we know people are going there like crazy too. So maybe they're going to give good guidance here too. I don't want to be short this one. If it's seen as a coronavirus play, I don't really, you know, it doesn't make logical sense to me because like I said, if people are going and shopping right now, then they're shopping to not shop later. But with that being said, the report tonight, I don't think they're going to say anything bad. All right. Uh, first thing I want to say is uh, BJ's reported this morning, uh, same business. Uh, their earnings were okay. EPS in line, sales beat. Uh, and that could give you a clue uh, as far as but, what, what But Costco this quarter does. is not going to reflect the activity from last week, correct? Right. Just always busy at those stores, though. And if yeah, they give yeah. any commentary that they're seeing, you know, a lot of people coming or seeing it very busy. Like somebody said it's busier than Christmas. So right now, uh, I it was pretty busy when I went in there too. It wasn't absurdly busy, but it was pretty busy. Can I give um, you a little, a little Costco trick tip? Yeah. Um, you know, like when you're checking out, you know, everyone, you know, you you weigh this funnel of the store, they funnel everybody left, right? Yep. So when I went there on Saturday or Sunday, there was a huge line. It was backed up like four or five aisles. You, you go around. But yeah. you go down you go one of the aisles the and then you – you yeah. cut up like towards the entrance yep. and then you get, I checked out right away. No one wanted to get in line behind me because I had a cart and a dolly. So no one wanted to get okay. in line. Behind Second, thing I jump in the queue. Second thing I want to say about Costco is uh, more often as Dennis just alluded to more often than not, the stock does trade higher after its earnings reports. I'm talking one day, two days, three days, one week and two weeks after the report, the stock is higher uh, about two thirds, three quarters of the time. Uh, with the exception of a couple of bad quarters they had. And I'm talking over the last like three years here. Yeah, I just, I, I like those kind of statistics in a normal market. Right. But this is not a normal market. That's it's true. a hard, it's a hard market to trade individual stocks. And in. like, a, you know, from an investment standpoint, I'm lightening up. I've been using the rallies to lighten up because I don't think we've seen the worst of this thing yet. But as a trading standpoint, the fade trade has just been working. I mean, Costco's been going, going, going. But the other stocks, I mean, let's look at the last, you know, five trading sessions. We were down basically 1,000. Then we were down again, but then we kind of reversed that day, not even, you know, looking at the, the Friday when I was gone. We were down 1,000, then we ride back up 1,000. You're just talking down points. The next day we ran up basically 1,000. And then we gave it all back. And then we ran the next day. I mean, we're up down 
thousand, down a thousand, up a thousand, down a thousand, up a thousand. I mean, we're down today. So if you're playing it that way, probably should be a buyer here from a trading perspective. With that being said, I think the news flow, I'm more inclined to sell the rips as opposed to buy the dips because I believe the news flow is going to get worse. Once they start testing and we start actually saying, hey, we have just as many cases as they do in Italy because I believe that's what we have over here. I think we're going to be just as bad a shape when this is said and done as they are in Italy. Um, and the main reason that they're obviously have a lot more cases in Italy is because they're testing everyone. Once we start mass testing, and we know that's coming. Penn said yesterday they got more test kits coming. There's going to be 100 clinics throughout the states that can actually do this thing by early next week. You know, we were looking at six. You know, we were looking at up till this point in time, six clinics testing or something like that with the numbers. Now they're going to be over 100. So we're going to start getting more testing, which is inevitably going to give us more cases. And maybe, you know, and you know, we obviously hope the deaths don't continue to go higher. But with that being said, it's hard to just say, yeah, we're going to go back to the all-time highs and everybody's going to shrug this off. But there's people, you know, not being allowed to go into stadiums and stuff. It's going to be spooking the market and there's going to be people not wanting to leave their homes. You That's why are... I think the news flow is negative to come. That's why I'm lighting up. You know what? I'm going to call this the Morgan Wallen market. Why? Crickets. What do you think? It's a country song and it's called Up, Down, Up, Down. So this is the... The Morgan Wallen market. For- I like your accordion uh, chart analysis better. I can understand <laughs> that because I know him. I had to know that person. So. Morgan Wallen. No, he's good. He's good. He might, he might do that with Florida. I don't like country music, though, really. So. Yeah, you do. You just listen to – there's a country you – know, I like that 5 o'clock somewhere song from Alan Jackson. You know, there's a – in Leamington. Dennis, I'm coming out to visit you. There, there's a 95.9 is in Leamington. It's new, a new, that's, a, that's where I was born. New country station out of Leamington. Yeah. So, there's this the is blasphemy right now when I'm saying I don't like country. <laughs> right. Stocks, stocks, ratings, analyst ratings, stocks. Do, do ratings matter? Yeah. And the one thing is, and I will say this again, is ratings in a market like this don't have much influence. And that's because everything is just moving with the overall market. Um, you do see if when it's a smaller one like Snap gets an upgrade today. Okay, well, it's not trading down, but it's only up a nickel. And that's because, well, you got 2.5% of market effects on that. So being up a nickel is really like being up 3% right now when you consider the overall market effects. Um, but really, analysts have been quiet. They're going to continue to be quiet here. Why, if you're an analyst, come out with these you know, research reports when you don't know what the macro environment holds? What about the jobs number tomorrow? <laughs> that's going to be watched, and that's going to be interesting yep. too. There's, yep. there's there's so many you know, balls to juggle here. I feel like I'm just juggling. I need to go and maybe should be in the circus. Here. But then yeah, you I should be in the circus. I was juggling balls. A lot of people then. <laughs> uh, I, can, can I? Can we do Kroger real fast? I just want to look at Kroger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do Kroger. Yeah. Oh, what a move in Campbell's yesterday too. Oh, nice move in okay. Campbell's. Yeah, so Kroger beat and they beat uh, this morning. Okay. Kroger popped yesterday with Campbell's and obviously the overall market as well. So Kroger. I think on pullbacks, they buy stocks like this too. So I, I don't mind this stock here. Just like Campbell's yesterday, I was like, I don't want to be short it. I was like, I don't know if I'm buying it at 50 and a half, but I was like, I don't want to be short it either. And it, it kept ripping here. So I didn't trade it. But again, same story with Kroger. It's up. This isn't the kind of stock they're going to smack on a coronavirus. You know, this is a stock that can actually benefit from the Costco trade if you, for other intents and purposes. It's not Costco, but those Kroger stores get busier. People are stocking up on supplies. So I, I think when you get a pullback, I'd be a buyer. All right. We got about six minutes left here. We'll let uh, 
Spencer, still uh, lead the way here? Oh, for... I can lead the way. All right. Uh, then let's look at. You're awful quiet when Mark was talking. I was going uh, okay. to jab you with a pen or something there a little bit. Oh, violent, Joel. <laughs> okay. I, I, I only do that every once in a while. Okay. <laughs> uh, let me, let's look at Bowen. Spencer just moves a little bit away. Okay, yeah. Then. I'll just move uh, my desk a little bit further. My over. chair <laughs> over here. Uh, Burlington had earnings. Uh, was it yesterday or this morning? Oh, yeah, this morning. Yep. It was this morning. Yeah, they beat and they beat. Um, and they're showing some sales growth. Stock's down slightly. Retail's in the gutter. This is the kind of stock that has been loved for a long time. Again, I don't want to own any retail stock, though, even Burlington. Yeah. Because people aren't careful. going out. They're not going to Burlington stores either. Yeah, I'd be careful on this one. You're like, oh, well, we were at 250. Oh, 215. I can't sell that. I'd lose $35. Then you look at the monthly chart here. And uh, you want to go back to the low. You want to, We're taking out some monthly. Well, where are we at? Where are the monthly low? The monthly lows here are 210, 211. So I wouldn't hit. Uh, I look at that as support, a long-term investor until you. Actually, the last two month lows, 1069, and I mean we're still early in March, but 1069 and 1032. Like there it is. There's your support. So holding 210. I still like this long-term trend under 210. I don't know, 180 was a pair of monthly lows too. 188, 80, no, 188.77 and 190. So 210, 190, super extra long-term support levels. Uh, someone had asked about, oh, no, I just lost it in the chat. Uh, uh, BG, BGS, DC1 asked about BGS here. I'll just pull up a chart. It's not one that we've looked at. Really. I don't follow that stock at all. No. It's been a nice rally here. Food stock. So is this packaged foods? I don't even know what BGS is. I'll be honest. I, I, I don't know this one. I, I've traded the stock before, but I don't know if it's packaged foods or if it's, you know, it's different between packaged foods and restaurant food supply. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big difference. That's a good point to make it's right pack now here. Packaged foods, packaged foods. Like packaged foods that you're selling in stores. Okay. If you're a food supplier, like you think about like, and obviously not publicly traded, but like a Gordon food services, if there's stuff like that, that are supplying to restaurants, those I wouldn't want to own. Oh, but this is food, packaged foods. This is the company that makes cream of wheat. I'm the only person under the age of 50 that likes Packaged foods are in favor right now. So on pullbacks here, did they report or something? Uh, yeah, they, they reported. No, no, they didn't. They did not report. Oh, so this is just a technical. I mean, the trend's your friend. It's been coming up here. Um, it's it's well, term trend is you're not your friend, but uh, the short the tra- overall trend is not your friend for sure. This thing's been going down. I meant the last five day trend. <laughs> you know what you but, could do? I mean, and I'm not a big trend line guy, and obviously everybody's computer and charting and scaling looks different. But man, you could buy a trend line off that 50 high, 5180 high, and bing that baby right down. You got another high in 1747. You got another high. At 40 boom 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 just bring that thing that big old steep trend line all the way down here and you might be busting above that i'm just eyeballing it i'm no super extra technician but it looks like you could be uh you know breaking above a uh a three and a half year trend line packaged food companies are in favor here right now um craft heinz think about this one too and we don't talk about it a lot but you know what on a pullback here it's actually pulling back this one with the overall market it's the kind of stock that they actually, for for once, you know, this has been the hated of most hated. You know what? This is one that could catch a bit. There's packaged food companies here. This yeah. is as much as they bought Costco. 
I think the money will eventually flow into packaged foods here right now. I'm not saying these are long-term investments, but if you want coronavirus trades, the Campbell's has taken off, General Mills is having pretty good. Maybe KHC's due for a bounce here too. So that's what I would watch. Yep. KHC, BGS, maybe same story. Packaged foods. I like those companies right now as coronavirus plays. What about trades yeah? What about our good old? Uh, where, where is um, Kellogg's headquartered, guys? Come on. Battle he Creek. has to every time, and I never remember. <laughs> it's Battle Creek. I've gotten it down by now. Battle Creek. Yeah, there's another one in the, the good people of Battle Creek. How about uh, how about Tyson Foods? Uh, that Chicken. I don't know about you. I, I want packaged foods. Like obviously, they make some packaged foods as well. But I'm more like, you know, that's going to go a lot to restaurants too. I would assume Tyson Chicken probably selling a ton of chicken to restaurants. I don't like it as much. Is is I want to be buying stuff that's sitting on my Costco store shelves in a can. Campbell's soup, Kraft Heinz would have a lot of that stuff. I mean, obviously, it's mainly ketchup, but I don't know how many people are stocking up on ketchup, so maybe Campbell's is a better play. You know, General Mills, Kellogg's, Tyson, they've been selling a lot of chicken to restaurants, and I don't think people are going to be going to as many restaurants. Uh, hey, Dennis, is Beyond Meat packaged foods? It, I mean, it's made in the lab. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. You just do a big old curveball at it right there. Dennis was like stumped. I'm, I'm stumped on that one. I've been stumped on that one for a long time. <laughs> Dennis was at a loss of words. Can yeah. we document this? And I, <laughs> I don't know what to say about Beyond Meat. Uh, no quick, trade. That's a curveball you threw me. I don't hit curveballs. Dennis is like, he put a pinch hitter in on that one. Yeah, uh, that, that's a curveball. I'm not in. We'll do one here for Juan Pablo Posada. I just like saying his name or his screen name. I'm sure that's not his real name. Maybe. Uh, T-Doc. Um, boy, oh, boy. What a run this thing had. And it's just clinging to this. Well, 120. I it's would... a coronavirus play too, though, Joel. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, Teladoc. Yeah. So this is a pure coronavirus play. I like it. I like the setup here. The 120. As long as you're above 119.37, I actually like this one. Okay. This this sets up well. Um, below one night, so you stop out setting up a trade for you. I would stop out below the one nineteen thirty seven. Maybe give yourself a buck below that. Say one eighteen. Um, if they start to go and they start to get concerned about this, this could rally. This can actually go up if the market goes down. So you know what? I don't mind this TDOC. You want another coronavirus stock that we've uh, left always. off? We've totally ignored what? Generac. If the power oh, goes out, come on, Joel. What are, you, what are you talking about? The end of the world here? Come on, it's a hurricane, Joel. Yeah, we're so uh, power. We still have power. I hope the power is not going. I wasn't prepared for the power to go out. Now you're spooking me. Yeah, I got my store. I got my canned goods. I got you know. I, I've got my mask. My mask is right here. I'm not prepared for a power outage, Joel. Now you got me scared. I got a Jesus. generator. Joel's went and bought a generator. <laughs> oh, I've had a generator. He's preparing for the grid. You know what? Hey, I wanted to say, if the power grid fails and we really are going into a whole world crisis, those Bitcoins are going to be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why Bitcoin can't rally. This is going to get real ugly. We're going to have no power. Not going to be good for your Bitcoin. When there's no power. If you're if you're buying Bitcoin and you think it's going to a zombie apocalypse, you're not you're, you're not thinking that one through. But anyways, the one power more, we're, we're not saying power's not going. Sorry, I don't think that. Generac. Look at the chart. Did you look at the chart? Been rallying, yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, uh, yeah you know. Um, <laughs> for uh, CODX, we had that as a uh, coronavirus yep. place. Doc. Yep. This one's very fine. interesting chart here, chaining up about uh, 240 here. I'll just make it simple. You had a high 2175, 
what you gave back, like let's just call it 10 bucks on that. So 1630 is my area of interest here. Your two day high is 1698. So let's see what happens. Some people may be trapped on this one. Let's see if you can keep the rally going. Really like to see it close, you know, over, uh, over 16 and a half, over 17 bucks. And, uh, and uh, we'll take it from there. All right. I think that's a as good a place as there is to wrap up today. We're getting a round of applause from the peanut gallery over there. Uh, thanks to our guest, Mark Chaikin. Thanks to everyone in our chat uh, who stayed with us. We, we appreciate you guys. As always, you can catch our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, or watch the, sh- the replay of the show on YouTube. Shoot us an email, premarket at benzinga.com. Call us, 734-494-0246. And please remember, all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes only, not for investing or trading advice. Everyone, have a great rest of your day. Be safe out there. As always, check those stops. We'll be back with you on Friday. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.